0: On this episode, we are talking about how we use Slack, how I would get my first client if I had to start over, and about how we're figuring out profitability. Enjoy! Well, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Steel Entrepreneur Show. As Brandon just informed me, this is episode twelve. I thought it was episode eleven. This is episode twelve of the Steel Entrepreneur Show. As you know, we are on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We uh, we're also we're trying to get people listening to the podcast because I'm I'm a podcast kind of guy. I do not I do not watch these videos. I do not watch our videos. I do not watch anybody else's videos. I'm I, I I, I, I'm not going to be sitting watching a video because uh, that time I'm going to be working. So it's going to be the t- the downtime, like when I'm washing dishes or something like that, that I'm going to be listening to a podcast. So check us out on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. And we're now on Google Play as well for your listening pleasure. Um, I don't cater these too much towards the podcast peeps, but... Um, Every time before I come in and, and tape a show, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, do something special for the podcast peeps. Uh, but it never happens. So I do promise something in the future. Um, I'm thinking like I did this interview with um, Michael Yurechko, a uh, really super smart um, sysadmin dude. A um, friend of mine uh, has done some work for me in the past and just, just tremendous, uh tremendously smart human being. Uh, we talked about all kinds of cool stuff, and I was thinking um, these re- these recordings that I do um, with, uh, with our lead copywriter, copy director, uh, Chris. Um, I suck at writing blogs, so he helps me like, take what's in here and put it out there. And I was thinking, like, what if I just because I ramble on these things, like, what if I just grab that and just upload it to to iTunes and SoundCloud and stuff and see how that goes? So there will be some stuff coming. Um, but without further ado, let's get into the the show. Brandon, what uh, what do we have for the first? I sorry, I'm terrible at remembering these questions, these topics.
1: How to get your first client?
0: Yeah, this is a question I made up, because <laughs> it was it was. Um, we, with every business that that we start, there's always, you know, we're not quite starting from scratch, but I get into this zone where it's kind of like I'm introducing people to a new idea, perhaps something that they've not heard of before, certainly not something that that we've offered before, and a lot of times I'm, you know, approaching uh, new people for the absolute first time, you know, first customer, trying to get that first person on board and pitching them on my idea. Now. I have a little bit of an advantage because I have an email list, because I have a business network, because um, I have people, um, and, and God bless them, that will, um, you know, I can pitch them something. they bought from me before, they've hired me before, and um, they will try out just about anything. Shout out to Conrad. He's one of uh, one of those guys that comes to mind who will, quite literally, buy anything. As long as it makes a little bit of sense, he's going to he's going to check it out, and I, I love that, and I appreciate that. So, if I didn't have any of that, if I had to go back seven years and start start from scratch, or six years or seven years, I, I, I one of these days I'm going to have to count it. Um, there are three. Three angles that I would work on. The first angle, and I think the most important angle, is to work the network that you already have, which is family and friends. There is someone in in the network that you don't even realize you have. There is somebody in there that will hire you, uh, assuming um, you can convince them to do so. That you know, assuming that you have something um, worthwhile for them to purchase or hire you for. Um, and that's not always the case. I know when I, um, when I started selling stuff, uh, no one hired me. And it was, you know, looking back at it now, is because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I, I was trying to sell something I didn't understand and people could see through that and so my my first customer wasn't somebody I met face to face it was somebody I fooled into hiring me um uh through the internet and i mean fool i mean i i, I think I think I did good work i mean r- maybe relative to now it wasn't good work, but at the time it was you know the best I could do um but I had to you know i i sort of not tricked but i I really had to work at it and convince that person to hire me, but um, there is somebody within your network that will hire you, so I would my first step would be talk to literally everybody, annoy the hell out of everybody in your network and explain what it is that you're doing, what it is that you aim to do. And not only will that help get the word out, but it'll help you get better at your pitch, help you get better at explaining what it is. Um, that you're trying to offer here, so that when that actual um, qualified or, or good lead comes around that may actually buy um, what it is that you're selling, you're going to be a heck of a lot better at explaining it. You might actually have a chance at converting that person into, uh, into an actual buyer. But what I would ask those people in, in your network is, do you, you, would you buy this, first of all? Could you buy this? Will you buy this? But if not, do you know somebody that I could talk to? Do you know two somebody's within their network that you could talk to uh, a little bit more about this? Somebody that you know might be interested in just hearing you chat about it, or might be interested in in hiring you for it. And if you if you have, you know, let's say ten people in your network, multiply multiply that by two people per person, and all of a sudden you're having way more discussions. So you're bound just by Just from a numbers standpoint, you're bound to come across somebody who can lead you to somebody who's going to buy your service. So that's the the first thing that that I would do. The second thing that I would do now, hopefully I'll remember the third thing. I'm already forgetting it. It's not on that list. Sorry, Brandon. (laughs) I typed it out and then forgot to bring it. (laughs) Um, The second thing is, is just get involved in your community. And there, um, and by that I mean, I mean certainly I mean your local community, especially if you're selling something to people locally. So if you're a restaurant, get to know all the restaurateurs around you, um, especially you know walking distance. Get to know all these people. I've seen that work super super well. Um, but also, uh, if you're maybe a digital product or you're selling over the internet or um, perhaps you do business. Uh, you know, over the phone or you never really get to meet people face-to-face or, you know, maybe at the start you don't get to meet pe- people face-to-face, I would I would connect with your community. I would connect with your online community where you would find where people, not necessarily where your buyers are hanging out, though that certainly has its own merits, but where are your contemporaries hanging out. And that may seem uh, a little bit, um, a little bit strange, you know, go where all your competitors are, um, you know, talk to your competitors, thing like, things like that. But quite honestly, that I can remember that being one of the um, biggest game changers for me was coming out of my shell, getting out of my, my little sort of cave of, you know, I know everything. Um, these people know nothing. I can beat all these people. And instead, you know, embracing them for, you know, as people that are honestly way the hell ahead of you and understand way more than you and, and understand different things about, um, about, you know, what it is that you guys collectively do. And so for me, you know, it, it was, you know, online forums, it was social, it was, um, you know, majorly it was, it was internet marketing forums for me. Um, you know, mainly, you know, wickedfire.com at the start, you know, back in, in 2010, that was sort of, um, that was where I got to know other people in my industry and got to learn about what they were doing in my industry. And, um, and it was through those, it was really, quite honestly, through those connections that I was able to get my first couple of customers. It was from meeting my competitors because there was work um, in a lot of cases that they didn't want to do, that was, you know, they had outgrown or they were, um, you know, they had sort of moved up to sort of um, uh, better or different type of work. And so it was them, um, it was them that referred work to me just by getting to know them and trying to help them in whatever little way that I could or just just being straight up friendly. A lot of people just aren't friendly on these on these forums. They're combative, they're, they're aggressive, they're, you know, I know better than you. If you can be humble and you can be thirsty and show that you're hungry, people will respond positively to that. And I found in a lot of cases, people are happy to send you um, to send you leads, leads that they're not maybe interested in, and they may not be high quality. So you just have to, you know, um, take it in stride. But you know, eventually, you know, some will pan out. So I found that um, to be to be really helpful. And today. Um, Or at least, actually, I think it was probably a year and a half in. I was blogging at this point, trying to get um, what little I had learned at that point, and and some of the unique stuff or my unique approach at that point, which was, um, I guess, a little bit on the shadier side of things, you could say, a little bit. well, a nice way to put it would be a little bit outside of the box. Well, that approach was, was still very new or, un, un, or, or misunderstood or just not understood by my contemporaries. And so what I found, um, you know, I was like, why aren't, why aren't people, you know, I was getting traffic, people weren't leaving comments, people weren't tweeting this stuff out. And I, I, I later understood what that was about. But... What I found out, and, and this was much thanks to uh, a fellow by the name of Matthew Hunt here in Canada, he invited me to this, um, I think what he called at the time, a, a local SEO mastermind group on Skype. So this was before the time of like Slack groups and things like that. He invited me to this, this Skype group, and it had people, like people that, that frustrated me, but I also frustrated me because I couldn't... Um, I don't know, I guess I just, I couldn't find a good way to reach out to these people. Like it was just, maybe I just, I wasn't humble. I was just, you know, the, I guess the opposite of, of humble. And I thought I knew better than these people and, th- and things like that, which was absolutely not the case. But I think I was just afraid. I was afraid of of reaching out to these much more intelligent than myself, much more successful than myself people. And so what really surprised me um, was that that when I got invited into this group, these people were really interested in what I was doing. And these people are, you know, very, you know, a lot of these are people are like really traditional, you know, in my, um, in what I do, so internet marketing, we call them kind of like white hats, people who, who do it kind of by the book, and 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 for good reason, do it by the book. And so that, I, when they started expressing you know so much interest and in really un- wanting to understand what it is I did in my approach and my understanding of different things it really uh, it really surprised me and I'm sure there are a lot of different lessons in there beyond what i'm trying to get at right now but some of these people became my greatest um, um, advocates and to this day send me business and and it was not long after joining that group that things really took off for me. That these folks, um, you know, started referring stuff to me regularly, and 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 my business just went from you know something that was very small and and desperate and and um, you know just trying to take on any work that I possibly could to. Uh, a point where, you know, leads were coming in regularly and things were really starting to grow. So embracing your community um, and not just your local community, but your sort of where people online are hanging out um, uh, was was super, super powerful. I'm going to grab that. That there's, there's one other thing. Can, that,
1: can I end, uh, ask your phone yeah, for that one? ask yep.
0: my phone first. Thank you, sir.
1: So what if... Um, Somebody is in an inter- industry that has a little bit more of uh, an old school community that's less online based. Like their competitors, I'm thinking more for their competitors so the operates perhaps. Um. Well. Okay. Yeah. Um. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking a lot of videography companies don't have a big online presence. Yeah. And don't function online. A lot of the, that surprises uh, me a little bit. Yeah. I think it's more of a new age thing that videographer companies getting into, but as far as I know, the, um, the groups of videographers around here are like a bunch of, you know, old guys and dads and stuff. And so they just, yeah, they just do the work that they've had with the clients they've had for a yeah. while and not much of an online presence, but I'm sure there's other businesses too, right? Well, you know, um, I think, and
0: maybe there are some industries that are just sort of like this. Um, And it's just like I said, it surprised me that that videography is is one of them, but I'm thinking of um, my girlfriend's industry, which is, you know, wedding planning and things like that. Those folks, while you'd think, and they do, um, you know, really embrace social and embrace, um, you know, the web, they seem to really um, embrace or prefer perhaps that sort of belly to belly Um, (laughs) It's a weird way of putting things. One of my clients uh, uh, said that the other day. Uh, Belly to belly or like, you know, handshake, like person to person type thing, face to face type uh, communication. And so, uh, and and, you know, that's a very sort of localized type of business now, isn't it? You know, you're not not really doing a lot of work online. You're doing it locally, right? So I I would imagine your community because of the nature of that particular business they're more inclined to um, to prefer perhaps or flock towards meeting face to face and i know in her industry they have lots of uh events throughout the year where you know be like um like uh what do they calling like, um like vendor meetups or vendor fairs where vendors you know share you know some of their you know, different stuff that they're doing for weddings, like, you know, food and like catering and um, different, I don't know, f- flowers, I don't really, <laughs> it's not a, uh, an industry that I understand super well, but maybe, maybe that's sort of the same thing is, and and, and I, I think you would, it would make sense for you to be at those events because you do some of, uh, you know, you do a little bit of, um, you know, wedding videography and that kind of thing. So, I don't know where videographers in general would hang out, but maybe maybe there are these pockets like the wedding industry, where it would make sense to um, to find yourself something like that I don't know, yeah I don't know too much, but um, there's one other thing on this topic um, and and I'll be quick because we still have two others to go over is is doing work for free and I've heard this talked about a lot of times and and I think there's a lot of companies that really take advantage of free work or interns and and um, young people, students. And I think that's, you know, I think I think it's hard to to judge without knowing, you know the full story. There's a couple groups in town here that I know I've heard some pretty, awful stories about you know they're the only big sort of tech game in town and so everybody wants to work for them and so they get these students to work for near nothing but you know I guess you really have to understand uh, appreciate or or otherwise what they're getting in return what sort of exposure I, I know when uh, I, I didn't work for free but I worked for Almost, you know, near free relative relative to what I had been making at, at other companies previous to it. Um, when I worked at an affiliate marketing company, I was an intern and I made very little. And I mean, I I have to thank my experience at that company for everything that came afterwards to this date. I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have known about SEO. I probably wouldn't have known um, about you know so many of the things. Um, that they exposed me to during that, you know, very short, you know, five, six month stint, or maybe it was eight months that I was, that I was there. So I think there, I think there's value in going to work for somebody in an industry that, that you're interested in because one, you can gain that knowledge so that when you do talk to people, you actually know what the fuck you're talking about. But two, just doing, you know, find somebody who's got, you know, who's well connected, who's maybe got an audience who, um, you know, has been around for a while and can connect you with potential clients and do some work for them for free. You know, don't go, don't go bankrupt doing it or anything, right? But um, you know, offer them a couple hours per day or an hour per day or a you know a, a set amount of hours per week or or just you know some project based work and and you know I would be very clear about your expectations. Just be like, hey, I'm doing this for free because I want X out of it and. I can't imagine them not understanding that they would appreciate the free work. They would appreciate that you're trying to leverage them, leverage their network to get somewhere else. And as long as the expectations are clear and they fulfill their end of the, um, you know, of the agreement, and of course you do the same, then that should lead you to maybe. I mean, I, I've seen people do it where it it leads. It gives them a huge head start because of the network that that particular individual that they went to work for um, or did some some work for for free had. Otherwise, they would have been hustling little clients here and here and here and here, and you know that it would have been it would have taken a hell of a lot more time to get to these to these big fish, where you know you, all this guy that you did some work to, for had to do was just say, "Hey, this is my guy." And that person got that hookup, and and immediately they were they were they were in, and they could then leverage that client for a bigger client, a bigger client, and more clients. And um, quite honestly, if I <laughs> if I could uh, go back, that would probably be something that I would do, and didn't do probably because of pride or misunderstanding or just I just didn't know to do it. No one told me to do that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. That those are three good ways uh, that I would go about um, getting you know my first client, Brian or Br- Brandon. Anything that 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 you think I missed that you would do or? No, I thought that was great. Cool. What time are we at right now? We're probably at twenty minutes on one question. God damn it, <laughs> I'm so bad. Um, okay, so we've got two others. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Slack, and then I want to talk a little bit about profitability. Um, Slack is an amazing tool. Everybody's heard about it by now, and if you haven't, check it out. Slack.com. It is a a uh, a team collaboration. It's, it is it is a messenger for business essentially, and it has grown absolutely massive. And it was a, it has been a huge thing for, for my business. It brought a company that was pretty much based on slow, uh, on Skype because we're we're a remote um, you know remote business, a remote client service. Digital marketing business and everybody is is worldwide and so we used at the time um, much smaller team mind you, but we used Skype to communicate and the team was disjointed. The team had no idea what um, you know what the other person was doing. Um, everybody was just off in their own world. Nobody was communicating together. I'm sure we probably could have used Skype groups, assuming they existed back then. I. I I imagine they might have and I just didn't think to use one, but no one knew what was going on. They just did their own thing and that was it. Two years ago we switched to Slack and we took this this disjointed, disorganized, unfriendly quite honestly team and not overnight but quite quickly we gained or grew or created some semblance of, of company culture. Something that you would you'd almost only expect in a in a, uh, a workplace environment where people actually, you know, brush shoulders and, and work together and that kind of thing. We um, I mean, we don't have quite the culture that a company like that would have, but way more culture than you would expect any sort of remote company um, to have. And that, I, I can't put my finger on exactly, you know, what did it, but Slack was absolutely the catalyst that brought us together. And I think it, in part, it has a little bit to do with how we organized Slack. And that's kind of what I want to run through because I've had a couple questions about this. Um, they started with Trello, they started with Scrum, and now people, people are, are, seem to be interested in how we've organized Slack and, and some of our Slack integrations and bots and things like that. I'll go over it quickly we've and I think this is kind of where slack is going is they want to be the hub for everything and so we've really embraced that they are the center of all our operations everything all roads lead to slack essentially and what I mean by that is you know if um, if a client pings us on their board in Trello we get hit up in Slack. That's through just a, a straight-up, simple, native integration between uh, Slack and Trello. If, um, if we start getting hammered, uh, if one of our sites starts getting hammered, um, either the server lets us know through uh, something custom that we've created, or uh, Google Analytics lets us know from just ref- referrals. So if we get X amount of referrals in uh, to a site in X amount of time, it warns us and lets us get on top of that or add it to our um, you know, Google Analytics uh, um, blacklist or segment. Um, what else do we have? Uh, I'm missing a whole bunch of them, like Uptime Robot. So if like a site goes down, we hear about it. Um, I'm missing some really good ones. They're not coming to me, they'll come to me later. But, uh, oh, like sales stats, for example. So if we make a sale, it lets us know. And that that one's a little bit custom, but like there there are a lot of native integrations. And if there aren't native integrations, there's Zapier. And if there isn't Zapier, if there's something very custom you want to do, a good, you know, a a programmer worth his weight um, can certainly work it out because, you know, Slack is just so friendly for those types of integrations and that sort of of, um, customization. And so the the way that that i mean beyond those integrations the way that we've set things up is we have um basically we we've we've created channels for clients and projects so a client assuming they're sort of large enough to warrant it would have their own board in Trello and thus have their own channel in um in Slack and the idea is we want everything to be discussed in the same place. We don't want private DMs going back and forth about a client because, you know, yes, the two people talking about it understand it, but everybody else uh, doesn't hear about that. And so people miss things. um, You know, people forget to include people on things. um, and, And just generally, it's important that people understand what other people are working on because there are there are parts, you know, maybe, you know, Chris and somebody and and Serge are working on a particular thing. Um, and Hugo knows that, um, he's going to have to work on this particular thing very soon. So if he sees Chris and Serge talking about, you know, almost being done, he knows that he's going to have to be ready for it. Uh, or if, if somebody has to search some details related to a client, um, you know, a discussion that happened, they're not going to be able to find it, you know, somebody else that wasn't, a privy to that, you know, DM conversation, direct message conversation. They're not going to be able to find it in the DMS, but they will find it in a in one of our um, uh, client channels. Same thing with projects. Um, we've set them up the same way. So any project that again warrants their own channel or their own board in Trello would, um, like I said, get their own get their own channel. We would communicate in that channel. So the magistrate has their own channel. A client would have their own channel. Um, Loganix has their own channel. And then even products of Loganix, again, that warrant it, Loganix Premium, where we have you know a whole whack of clients, there we need a channel there to manage that effort. Loganix Editorial, very complex, uh, very complex orders. We need a channel to um, organize that sort of thing. And then beyond that, and this I, I, I must credit this with a lot of that company culture that we've sort of built, is beyond that, um, we've created channels like just a general channel for, you know, stuff related to the business or um, or businesses or just stuff that sort of generally related to all clients or maybe something related to, you know, we're trying to pick out a new rank tracker right now to, to, to track how um, how our sites are improving in Google. Um, we have uh, a channel called Good Finds. So if we want to share something with um, with the rest of our team, something we've read that we think is really good, and everybody else should read it. We have we we have them post that in Good Finds. Um, we have a a, um, uh, a channel called Ratchet, which we share. You know anything anything funny we find online, anything ridiculous we find online. Um, in the you know and since we are online all day, we tend to dig up some pretty crazy stuff. And I think that kind of makes up the most of it, but the, I think the most important thing is you have to really sort of enforce and um, encourage people to use that as the hub. That has to be kind of the center of it all. That's how it works. That's how it should work if you're using Slack. That's where things, um, you know, conversations need to, to happen and they need to be shareable and they need to um, be available to, to everybody else on the team. So that's, that's how we structured that. Um, and the last uh, last thing, and I'm gonna try and uh, rush through this so uh, um, you know, we don't make this too any more longer than it, than it already is going to be. We talked about, I don't remember what episode it was in, but we talked about profitability and P&Ls and, and, and things like that in, in the past. Um, and I, I had mentioned that we had been having quite a bit of trouble uh, tracking you know, how much money we were making from a client. Uh, you know at the end of the month and we've been using QuickBooks and we'd had this we had this really complicated process of, of, of tracking these um, payments and expenses and all that kind of thing we basically set it up with classes so each client would get a class in, in, in QuickBooks and then we would just draw a simple P&L there but it wasn't so simple because the way that we track things um, we time-track so I want to know you know what each team member is doing at any given moment, so that I, I can sort of figure out, you know, was that a good use of, of time? Are they moving at a, an acceptable speed, et cetera, et cetera? So we we bill our time a little bit like lawyers, except we don't bill the client. So we bill time to the client project, and then um, and then basically I pay that, or that you know the company pays that, and. So, you know, we're able to look at a particular client project for a basically like a a week in FreshBooks, for example, and see, okay, you know, John spent X amount of time on X task and Serge spent this amount of time on you know this task, and then he worked on the same client and and you know worked on this task instead and spent you know 2.23 you know hours on that. But what was tricky is when I would get an invoice, I would have all that detail, right? And so when we needed to assign each one of those costs or time investments um, or sections of time to the particular client, so that I could run a PL against again, you know, what they paid us and what we spent essentially to provide that service, they would have to go in a separate journal, separate, separate journal entries into QuickBooks, and you know, it would look like you know, surge, you know you know 40 bucks he worked you know x amount of minutes and you know put that in and then you know his invoice that would just be a very small piece of his invoice he would have 40 other entries that would be a part of that that invoice and each one of those entries would have to make their way into quickbooks under one of these classes and we're talking about hundreds of entries every single day you know and that that doesn't even count like um you know actual expenses uh, from, you know, just like credit card expenses or bank expenses that would be applied to those um, to those classes as well. So it was a nightmare. It was a night- nightmare for our accounting team. And it got to a point where they just, uh, they didn't want to keep up. And it was just impossible, pretty much, for them to keep up. So for the last little while, we've been really kind of running the business by feel, by gut, uh, with a broken windshield. You know, we, we don't, we haven't known how well we're doing on a particular account, and I've run into this in the past before, where things got really out of hand because we ran the business like that for too long. We decided that we would, we couldn't find anything that could sort of solve our problem. It, as long as we wanted to keep that sort of, um, uh, the, I don't know if the word is granularity. Assuming that I think that's a word, that sort of granular detail, couldn't find something to do that, and so. Um, when in doubt, uh, put Josh on it. Josh is, is one of our very talented programmers, and everybody should have a Josh. I, I, if you're, I mean, it, I don't even, I don't think it really matters what space you're in. There's so much that a programmer can do for you that I, I would make. Again, if I if I could go back, he would be one of my first hires. Is somebody who is capable of automating things and, and making things uh, more efficient and quicker and, and, and um, just cutting down the, the sort of the amount of, 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 of labor hours that were involved in these silly processes. So he's built a system and I don't have the technical specs for it, nor do I really you know, fully understand them usually takes me a while many times him explaining um, different pieces of code for me to really grasp it but basically he's built a system that that goes into freshbooks pulls a report and he's, so he's thrown this on sort of a junk server and he pulls um, pulls these reports from uh, from freshbooks where all that time information is time and and how much that time cost and and, and which project that time was allocated to pulls all that and then he's able to, basically summarize all that, all that information. Right now we're working on PayPal and Stripe integrations, but basically summarize all that information into a dashboard so that I'm able to see live at any given time because it's constantly pulling um, how the health of each organization or each company or each product or each service or each client is doing at any particular time. I can pull one of our clients and be like, "Okay, they paid us this, and so far this month we've spent exactly this much on, um, uh, you know, on them." And believe it or not, that's that was a a tricky thing for us to accomplish in any piece of software that we tried out. It was tough to get this sort of dashboard created. There were sort of these, you know, ways we could hack it, but it was never, you know, this sort of system. Now. So now I'm gonna have this, this beautiful dashboard that I'm gonna be able to get, you know, wake up in the morning, check the dashboard, see how we're doing. Um, I'm gonna be able to run reports, all that kind of stuff. Um, but w- what's even better is now he's gonna be able to summarize that information. I won't require my bookkeeper to break things out by class you know, in the same way that we did before because all that information, the, the goal of all that information was to give me those, those very granular p and I have that now. So she doesn't need, um, you know, uh, the bookkeeper and the accountants, they don't need to worry about that anymore. They can just, you know, they can just associate the expense or the invoice um, with the company. Or at the very most, if, if, if Surge, for example, works on three different companies, that's just three different journal entries. That's it. Whereas before it was, you know, a single invoice from him would be like 20, 25, 30, 40 different journal entries. Times that by all the team members we have, it's a fucking nightmare. Times that by, you know, we pay people weekly, so that's t- times that by four, four invoices per person. Um, it's It just, it became impossible and certainly um, uh, cost prohibitive. Um, so, you know, I, the idea of, you Um, updating you on this, or the reason I'm updating you on this is I am assuming, based on some of the questions that I get and conversations that I have, that other people are having these same or similar problems. And so I want to share some of the the problems that we're facing and how we deal with them. And that one took, you know, three or four weeks for us to kind of figure out, mostly because we're just busy. But um, I wanted to update you guys on that and let you know that how that um, how we were able to solve that. It's still very far from solved, um, but very soon we're going to um, we're going to have sort of a final a final product. And I think what I'll do is I'll share a screenshot uh, of a few different things and and how um, how that is um, kind of working. So. I think that's all that I had to say on that particular subject, or the the three subjects, or the two subjects before it. Um, Brandon, I'm not forgetting anything? Sounds
1: like you hit a lot of
0: points. How many minutes are we at? How many? 35. Every time I come in here, I'm like, we're gonna bang this out in 15 minutes. It never happens. And I I don't think I'm rambling. I mean, now I'm rambling, (laughs) but I don't think that I, Anyways, I, ho- I hope that it's value packed. Like that—that is—that's always uh, the goal. And I think people—I um, think people are enjoying it. If you are, I hope you'll let me know because it does. I mean, I am a human being. It does help to get a little pat on the back occasionally and to be reminded that I'm not wasting my time. Um, so a comment, a like, a share. Um, you know, we're uh, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on Stitcher, we're, 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 we're blogging, we're, we're doing all kinds of things. So there is always a place where you can let us know uh, what you're liking, what you're not liking. If you have any questions, I would love them. I'd love to feature them on the show. I'd love to um, talk to you in person and, uh, or, you know, just over the phone and, and try and help you, uh, you know, in whatever way I can. So um, do let me know, please. Um, you know, leave a comment. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm open, and, uh, and I'm ready to take on some of these questions. If you haven't subscribed yet, I hope that you will. I hope that um, you'll take a minute out of your time and maybe share the show with a friend, somebody that, um, you know, might, might find this useful, um, maybe somebody who hasn't, you know, quite taken the leap yet. And um, and might be interested in in some of the things that that we have to say here. Um, maybe might give them the 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 courage that they need to take that leap. And if I can do that, man, that would be that would be everything that I that, that would that would mean everything to me. That would be everything that this show is about. Is is it's it's about not only getting people to take the leap, but then helping them once they take that very important um, that very important leap. So. Thank you, everyone. I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your attention. I know there are so many other things that are fighting for your attention. So it means so much that you would take the time to, uh, you know, spend 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes out of your day with us. And, um, and like I said, comments, likes, subscribe, uh, leave a review on, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on whatever. I don't even know if you can leave comments on or reviews on SoundCloud, but if you can, please do. And uh, and we will see you again on episode 13 of the Steel Entrepreneur Show. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.